Hi there, this is Dallas Travers. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. I created this podcast to help you navigate the winding roads of online business as a values-driven coach. So today, we're gonna talk about visibility, which is a priority and an obstacle for a lot of the coaches I meet when they first join the Hive. You know you need to put yourself out there in order to attract clients, yet putting yourself out there can feel scary, so perfectionism steps in, or imposter syndrome, or the countless distractions that keep us all playing small. Well, my guest today has a solution for you. Her name is Adela Hussein, and she is the founder of Startups & Co. She's also a master at helping you pitch you and your business to the people who don't even know you quite yet. So Adela discovered she had this talent for pitching when she first started doing PR for her own fashion tech startup, and she ended up being featured in 14 publications within a year, including the Harvard Business Review, without even pitching. So her Pitch to Press program and PR Hero School, it's helped hundreds of founders fall in love with PR and master their media pitching to skyrocket their sales. So throughout our interview, Adela offers up some very helpful visibility strategies to help you attract attention from the media. Her tips for a standout podcast pitch are fantastic. So be sure to stick around until the end of the episode to catch that. But on the way there, you're also going to learn why visibility really matters for your business how to build up the confidence you need to put yourself out there consistently, as well as some big mistakes to avoid when you pitch yourself. So if visibility is on your to-do list, grab a pen and get ready to take some notes because this interview is jam-packed with goodness. Hi, Adela. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Hello, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to be here today. This is going to be fun because I was lucky enough to be a guest and interviewed by you on Spotlight Salon earlier this year, and now the tables have turned and I get to interview you. I'm really excited to dive into that. I know. I love that. I absolutely love that. And that really you know, ties in with my own philosophy that when you build a relationship with someone, it's for the long term, right? So you don't yeah. just have a one-stop sort of shop for visibility. It's a long-term game with relationship building. So thank you for inviting me. Of course. Well said. And we are talking about visibility today. We checked in a little bit before we began recording, and I think you will agree that our intention for this call is to help our listeners feel brave enough and be consistent enough to become more visible. Um, I think we should start by defining visibility so that we're all on the same page here. So given your expertise in particular with the media, how would you define visibility for our listeners? Yeah, I love this question. So thank you so much for starting with this question, Dallas. Um, So I define visibility as the way that you tell your story, and it's very much telling your story with authenticity and purpose to connect with your audience so that you can create sales for your business and so that it ties to your your business's mission and objectives. You know, I, I very f- I focus visibility by linking it directly to your business objectives so that right. we're telling a story with purpose. 
That's so interesting because I think that for a lot of us, and I may even be in this camp, I've always just connected visibility with just put yourself out there, right? Visibility is putting yourself out there and being seen by others. But what I hear you saying is it's more about the quality of the message than it is the quantity of the eyeballs who see it. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. It Mm -hmm. is absolutely about the quality of the message. But it's also making sure that when you do give a strong quality message, you know exactly why you are sharing that message. What is that message leading into? Which is why I always tie visibility and PR back to your business objectives and your goals. So that's the, the management consultant in me, which is saying, don't just start climbing onto a rooftop and shouting about your business. You know, you have mm-hmm. to actually bring it back down to what you were trying to achieve with your business in the first place. Got it. Do you have a, an example of that maybe from your business right now or your business in the past about how your business goals impacted the strategy you took with visibility? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant question. Absolutely brilliant question. So in my last business, I had a, a fashion tech business called Star Lyrical, which I often use as a, as a case study because I got into the media, the British media, very quickly. And fashion here in the UK is a very, very crowded market. So when you are mm-hmm. a, a new business in a crowded market, it's very difficult to stand out. I knew immediately from day one that I had to get into the British media and win over British fashion journalists because my end goal, actually, wasn't just to be in the media for the sake of being in the media and and all the credibility that comes with that. It was to prove to an investor, a male investor, that when I pitched to them for money for my my startup, that Mm. they would see a return on their investment. So if I was being featured in all the major media in the UK... When I went to pitch to them and I had my, what they have in the, you know, Silicon Valley and here in the London startup scene, you have your pitch deck. My dream from day one was to have a slide with lots of media logos so that when someone looked at me, particularly as a woman of color, and say, oh, do I want to invest in her or do I want to invest in the, you know, that white guy over there, you know, who might feel like a safer bet, you know, because I was very aware Mm -hmm. of that unconscious bias. I knew that they would invest in me if they saw all those logos and that I as a solopreneur had been featured in all that media. I could show them that every pound they put into my company, they would get X amount of return back because I was making that marketing budget work even harder. So I was very, very clear. You know, even now I'm talking about it. I was so clear, crystal clear about why I was pitching. And that knowing that I was going to stand up in those pitch meetings was exactly the motivation I needed to pitch myself to, quite frankly, one of the hardest set of people I've ever pitched to. They're British journalists, fashion journalists. They (laughs) are are harder than Goldman Sachs bankers, I'll tell you that. Very, very tough. So to bring it back to the audience here, get really crystal clear about why you want to be visible in the first place. Are you trying to grow your audience because you're launching a course? Are you trying to build credibility in your industry because it might be a little bit crowded and there's a million financial coaches out there? Are you selling a product which is, you know, a little bit hard to differentiate because there's lots of jewelry artists out there or lots of musicians out there? What will make you stand out? So it's 
really important you're clear why first. And once you, you mm-hmm. know, to quote Simon Sinek, once you start with your why, it becomes really clear where you're going to go. Right. So as I'm taking this in, if my goal is to find more members in the hive, for example, yes. it might matter less for me to be featured in Forbes magazine than for me to be a guest on a teeny tiny podcast with a very loyal following of coaches who want to run a values-driven business. I could actually get closer to my goal going that route than just trying to get a bunch of logos of magazines I've been featured in. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, a media feature with a logo could give you the credibility when it's on your website. Mm -hmm. But actually, if your goal is to directly bring in those Hive members, then Mm -hmm. as you say, if if you think those Hive members are listening to that that person's podcast or sitting in someone's mastermind, then that is exactly where you need to focus your attention. Okay. Great. So the first step, this is for our listeners, is to really clarify what is the goal, what is my business goal right now? And from there, you can develop a visibility strategy that connects as directly as possible to that goal. I think it's also a great motivator, right? So if I'm pitching to a lot of podcasts and the goal is just like to get on a podcast, I'm not pitching. I have other things to do. I'm too nervous. No, thank you. But if my goal is to help more coaches pass the six-figure mark, there's like more purpose there. And then it can help me move through the resistance I might be having about pitching or being more visible. This brings me to the next question. Can you talk about how a coach can cultivate more fortitude or more confidence in order to become more visible? Yes, absolutely. So with confidence, confidence, I, I one of the things I teach my own students in my program, Pitch to Press, is that confident mm-hmm. people are made, they're not born, right? Mm-hmm, There's often totally. this false assumption that, you know, confident people, you know, everyone's born confident and, you know, there are confident people, there are extroverts and this is sort of a very simplistic view. And that's just incorrect, you know. So just remember, confident people are made and not born. So one of the things I teach, and this is one of my favorite affirmations I teach my students, which is journalists are not gods, right? Journalists are not gods. And what that means is that, and it's journalists, it, it can be journalists, it could be podcasters, it could be right. you know, another entrepreneur, someone you want, an influencer. They're not gods, right? Don't put them on a pedestal thinking that they are in this power position like you're back at school and you're a five-year-old and they're a teacher and you're asking for permission for everything. Whenever I teach them, I say just sweep that perception off the table because you have to remember that journalists, podcasters, bloggers, influencers, those people need to hear your story. And without your story, their job doesn't exist, right? Right. They need to post content. They need to put news stories out there. They need to have podcast guests on their podcasts. They need that content. And if you are not pitching and putting your story forward, then they don't have anything to share. So immediately when I work with my students, we see that sort of shift in dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So people realize that actually they're keeping someone else in their job, you know, when they're telling their story. So if you want to reach more people and tell more people about the work that you do, then 
don't deny it. Like, don't hold it back. Like, you know, keep a journalist in their job and, and tell that story. Yeah. And, you know, when I share that with people, it's like the light bulb switch goes off and they think, yeah, totally. I never thought of it that way. I never thought yeah. that I'm keeping someone in their job by telling my story. And suddenly yeah. you know, the tables have turned. There's a quirky story behind this, which is when I say you're keeping a journalist in your job, I mean it. Like <laughs> I used to work as a management consultant and worked at Sky Sports News. And I had to transform Sky Sports News. And I sat with journalists in a newsroom for a year. So this, this affirmation hasn't been, you know, isn't, isn't plucked out from thin air. Mm-hmm. I saw that if a journalist didn't have a story that day to tell their boss on the Monday morning meeting, they were going to be on my spreadsheet and be canned, right? Quite literally. So wow, I know right. this is coming from real life experience from a 24-hour newsroom. And it's a very, you know, Sky Sports News is very like Ted Lasso. If anyone watches Ted Lasso, okay. it's a very <laughs> footballer, bantery newsroom. And, mm. you know, you've got to have a story. You've got to have a story. No story, no job, basically. No story, so no when job. I, exactly. Mm. So that's the number yeah. one way of making everyone confident who's listening today is keep yeah. someone in their job by telling your story. Yeah, you're doing a service. So you've mentioned this a few times now, telling your story, and you have not mentioned once the word pitching. So can mm. you illustrate for me and for our listeners, paint this picture for us. Like, What is the distinction between telling my story and pitching? I love that you have picked up on that, right, Zalos, because I see pitching as telling your story. I don't even like the word pitching because I think it scares people. It really mm-hmm. scares people because they get, they, you know, they think, oh, you know, I have to nail this pitch and it becomes something on their to-do list. If you're able to tell your story and tell it eloquently and confidently, you're not pitching. You're having a conversation with someone, right? Mm-hmm. Someone might be looking and thinking, hang on, they're pitching. But actually the person listening is saying, oh, she's telling me about her work. And I'd really like to work with that person. Or I'd really like that person on my podcast. And so you get invited to something. And then you walk away and think, actually, I think I just pitched. But I didn't realize (laughs) I was pitching. I was telling my story. So so let me give you an example of this, Dallas. I was at my yoga class two days ago. You'll love this story. 48 hours ago, I was in a yoga class. Actually, today's Wednesday. So on Sunday, I was in a yoga class. A lady came up to me at the end of the class when we have chai and samosas and it's all very, it's a very brilliant class. And she said, oh, what do you do? And I thought, oh, I've just done a two-hour class. I don't want to talk about what I do. Right. You're like, actually, what I do is drink chai. That's what I do I want to do. (laughs) I've just come on the back of a very intense virtual summit. I'm here to unwind and not talk about (laughs) any more visibility. But I did tell her. I did talk to her. And she said, how funny. You know what? I'm actually a publicist myself. I'm a PR person. But you know what? The hardest thing I've, and she did the PR for Nando's. I mean, this isn't, she wasn't, you know, just, she was a very highly skilled publicist. And she said, "Um, but you know what? The hardest thing is to do it for yourself. Mm. I'd love to find out more. Can we connect? Can we have a call? And I said, well, funny that. I'm just about to issue out a link for some discovery calls, you know, and uh, I tried to have a holiday on Monday. Then she emailed me and chased me for it. So I sent her the link. But honestly, I was not pitching at the point. I was just telling my story, just telling my story. So that's an example. When you tell your story, you're not pitching. 
So I can tell you the anatomy of a pitch, that's not a problem, but I want people to walk away with, tell your story. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. I love that you've eliminated the word pitch because I think it accesses a different part of our brain than telling a story. So I looked at a client's webinar. I call it an invitation in the webinar. So she yesterday, she has a webinar coming up and she wanted me, she wanted to perform the pitch basically for me. And I had notes, I had three pages of notes, but they all said the same thing over and over again, which was, I need to, I'm not seeing any emotion and you're not telling me any stories. It was really just, here are the details of the course that I'm giving you. Here are the bonuses. Here is the price. And here's the discount. It was like, it was very pitchy, right? And it's because she was relating to this as the pitch. And for values-driven coaches, we don't like getting pitched at. We don't like pitching. That word doesn't work. But if it's defined that way, it's almost like we don't have permission to tell the story. So I love that you're making that distinction because it is really the difference. I think, tell me what your thoughts are, but it's the difference first in making that effective connection, but secondly, in being consistent. Because if I'm cooking and I hate it, I'm not going to do it very often. Well, exactly, exactly. Mm. And it's actually rolling back from that and, you know, going back into the word trust, right? People will only connect with people they trust. And we have to remember whenever we are actually pitching or, you know, slash Mm -hmm. telling our story, you know, people buy from people, right? So whatever you have on your presentation slides, the words, the data, they do have to line up and the content, you know, has to make sense. But fundamentally, it's you standing there, you know, a sort of straight line of energy talking about something you're passionate about. And people can Mm -hmm. tell, you know judge you within seven seconds and work Mm -hmm. out if you're truly passionate about your subject or not. So if you're not establishing that connection with someone, if you're not establishing Mm -hmm. that trust within those first seven seconds, you've lost it. Basically it's not, it's not a, you've lost it. It's not going to happen for you. Yeah. Let's talk about other mistakes. So we've highlighted this easy mistake that most of us make, which is just relating to, pitching as pitching instead of storytelling. Can you highlight a few other mistakes that you see entrepreneurs and coaches making often and then maybe even offer up some solutions? 
Yes, of course. So cool. the first first mistake I think a lot of entrepreneurs make is that they don't even start the journey mm. of yeah. getting visible and putting themselves forwards for opportunities, right? So they often say, oh, I'm not ready for PR. I'm not ready to get visible. My business isn't perfect yet. Oh, I have to get my website, you know, all the copy has to be perfect on my website. And they don't start with being visible. And the danger is that if they don't start with being visible, what ends up happening is that they get to the cliff edge where they don't have a healthy pipeline of clients. They don't have a growing pool of an audience. And so they then start scrambling around saying, oh, my coach has told me I need to get visible. And they start trying to get visible. But you have to remember that it takes at least six to 12 months to build a relationship with someone. So if you haven't started from day one, building that relationship and getting visible with people, by the time it comes to that scramble when you're on the cliff edge looking for clients, it's going to be really difficult to start getting collaborations in the diary because you've not allow time for those relationships Mm. to flourish with other entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. so I always say to people start before you feel ready start the minute you start your business connecting with people network networking with people collaborating with people because you're all going to be on a journey together and you're going to watch each other grow at the same time and therefore you know by the time you start talking, reaching out to people, say, hey, I want to be on your podcast, Alice. We've known yeah. each other for eight months. And you're like, hey, why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. you can come on the podcast because we've allowed that relationship to flourish. Does that yeah. make sense? It really does. So the mistake I'm hearing you say is people don't start early enough. They think the time to start is when they need a result. And what you're saying is it takes six months or more for that result, for that seed that you plant to yes. actually blossom. That's yes. really great. Yeah. Yes. So that's mistake number one. And mm-hmm. then another typical mistake that people make is once they do start getting confident with visibility and they do start pitching for opportunities and telling their story to people, they don't necessarily personalize their pitches. So they lift right. some swipe copy that they've seen, you know, on the internet, download it as a lead magnet somewhere. And they're not personalizing any of those pitches so that the reader on the other end who receives that pitch thinks, mm, nah, <laughs> they've pitched to 50 people with that pitch. There's nothing personal here. And some of the mistakes people make are quite quite simply shocking. Like I interviewed a journalist about six weeks ago who used to write for the Wall Street Journal and people are calling her Mr. instead of Miss. Um, they don't know all the time. All the they time just, me. you just get I mean I once had 200 pictures in my inbox once like uh-huh. two years ago you know and honestly people just not acknowledging who you are and what you do and what your work has been you just feel so used and you just don't want to I don't know about you but I just don't want to reply to those emails so mm-hmm. not personalizing your pitches is number two right that people do and then yeah thirdly just using swipe copy yeah. And that's that leads to those impersonal pictures. Yeah. They're the three sort of classic mistakes I see people make. Yeah, I feel like I'm about to throw some someone under the bus here, but because we have a podcast, we get pitches often from like third party third parties. So a podcast pitching agency or publicists. 
And I so want to email the person they're pitching directly and tell them, please stop spending money on this service because first of all, they're calling me Mr. Travers. So there's, I'm not a Travers and I'm not a Mr. Right. And it's just, it literally is cut and paste. And I can tell very much that they have this strategy of volume. If I send enough of these out, we will get a bite. And that does not a relationship make. So that's what I hear you saying here is relying and outsourcing this, which is why I think it's so brilliant that this is something you teach coaches to do. Because outsourcing it doesn't allow for that same level of personal connection. And it basically guarantees that they're going to be using cut and paste swipe copy and not personalizing it. Yeah, exactly. And and the danger is when you start outsourcing people to pitch for you who aren't mm-hmm. brilliant at what they do. So right. Maybe there is a time they, and a place to have a PR team, but there's, there's yes. a difference between that and hiring someone who's going to pitch for you. Go ahead. Yes. But if they are not good at pitching for you and they're doing a poor job, the problem is, is that that is associated with your name, with your personal brand, because you're going to read that email and say, oh, so-and-so, you know, that money coach over there. Oh dear, that's not a great pitch because their name is featured in the email. So they're aligning Mm -hmm. their brand immediately, their personal brand with poor quality pitching, poor quality emails. And the industry is small, so uh, immediately you're a poor. I would say don't pitch, right? <laughs> In the <laughs> you know, it's better to not pitch than put a poor quality pitch out there that's completely impersonal that people view as spam because no yeah. nobody likes spammers, and that's what it can end up looking like spam. That's what it can feel uh, like. Yeah. Yes, and you don't want to associate yeah. your brand with that. Uh, but but the, the beauty of this is, is that it's not difficult to learn how to write good, strong pitches. It really mm-hmm. isn't. I get a 90% success rate in my pitches. I've had some phenomenal famous people reply to my pitches. And it, it always comes down to some very simple principles that people can learn quite easily. The, the, the trick for people here is to practice it. And take yeah. the action, which is where a yeah. lot of people struggle with. But there are ways um, to get over that. Okay. So now you got to like spill the tea here, Adela. You yes. said a 90% success rate. So is there even just one golden nugget that you could teach today to help our listeners start telling their story more, pitching, right? And avoid just falling into that black hole and never getting responses. Yes, yes, of course. So number one is to personalize your pitches. Absolutely personalize your pitches so that the reader on the other end feels seen and acknowledged. So the way you personalize your pitch is to have something very unique to that individual in the pitch. Some people put the personalization in the PS. I don't do that. I I hit someone in the personalization at the very first paragraph. Yeah. So... If I was to pitch to you, I'd say, hey, Dallas, I absolutely loved listening to the last episode of Coaches on a Mission where you interviewed this person, you talked about X, Y, Z. But I noticed that you guys didn't talk about ABC. And actually, Uh, I can talk about ABC. I'd be very interested to come in and speak to you on those topics because I think your audience may get a lot of value from that. So you kind of roll with that, right? So first of all, you're 
showing Dallas here that you're acknowledging her audience. But a good thing is to actually reference something you've listened to and why you loved it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you reference something, your work, Dallas, if someone references your work, you feel seen, right? You put a lot of effort into your podcast. You feel seen. Yeah, yeah. So this is exactly it. If someone references your work and you feel seen, so powerful, so, so powerful. Yeah. And that's how you nail it. This is exactly what Adela did to get on the show. So like, it works because we are here talking about this, but she sent me a, Adela, you sent me an Instagram DM and you said, I just listened to this episode and here's what was so great about it. And I love the conversation about XYZ. And I noticed you didn't talk about ABC and I'd love to come in and talk about it almost verbatim. That's what you did. So great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it's so, so powerful, right? And yeah. you know, anyone who creates content, the biggest compliment you can give them, whatever that content is, whether it's mm. a news article, whether it's a podcast, whether it's you know a post on Instagram or an email newsletter, they just want someone to read it or listen to it or hear it. Yeah. There's no, you know, we produce content all the time. If someone emails you back and says, hey, I really loved what you did and this is why I loved it, wow. That makes that yeah. person's day. It really does. Yeah. Because it can feel like you're on a hamster wheel of content creation. So yeah. Yeah. never underestimate the simplicity of this. It's not. It's very powerful. I want to highlight something, and I love your thoughts, but I feel that the more specific you are in your personalization, the better. Yes. So I had someone once who pitched to me. And the thing that she said, it was just so funny, but what it told me was that she's been watching and paying attention. She talked about my earrings and how anytime she sees me, I've always got like a really cool pair of earrings on. And in particular, that gold pair with the brass dangle, like she described a pair of earrings. And I really, because I clearly put thought into my earrings because I like, that's a thing for me evidently. And I felt even... As much I felt seen by that observation as I did when people compliment a specific part of a podcast episode. So I think the point I'm making here is, number one, specificity. And perhaps, and what are your thoughts on this? Perhaps there is an opportunity when it resonates to acknowledge something outside of their work and more about like how they show up as a human. What do you think? I love that. And it's something mm. I do a lot as well is, yeah. that per, you know, can you get very personal in the PS that in a way mm-hmm. that feels really comfortable to you? Ah, you cool. Know, one of yeah. the things I did, I think it was actually in your round of the Spotlight Salon when you were featured on it, um, Dallas, there was one speaker who loves cats. She's mm-hmm. like, if you go onto her Instagram, she's an incredible individual. And she just has stories of her like cats all the time. And actually, <laughs> I... Interesting enough with her, I didn't lead with the technical part of the pitch and say, hey, you know, you talk about this. I'd love to invite you. I just said, you know what? I really love your cat. And I have this breed of cat. Have you ever been to a cat cafe? And I just went very quirky with that introduction because I just just knew that would resonate with her. I could tell. That's So, so great. The whole point of this is you really have to understand who you're pitching to and yeah. how they talk about their work, who they are mm. as a human, if they're sharing that side of their business and, you know, personalize your pitch in a way that you think will land. 
The key thing is if you want to do a very quick spot check on your pitch, one of the things I teach my students is when you're reviewing your pitch, just look at the number of I's versus you's in your pitch. So are you using the word you or your more often than I? And if you're saying, hey, Dallas, I loved your earrings. I listened to your podcast. I loved your episode. There's more use in that those sentences, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if I just said, hey, I'm Adela. I like to climb mountains and drink hot chocolate. And I talk about visibility. Yeah. There's a lot of eyes in those sentences. So there's a very quick, simple check on your pitch. Which oh, is, that's such a great golden tool there. That's yeah. awesome. That's your nugget there for yeah, use so versus eyes. Count the number of views versus eyes. That's yeah. how you do it. Wow. So you, Adela, have brought so much wisdom and insight and experience to this conversation. I see inside of the hive often, this is an area where coaches can psych themselves out. And what you've delivered today is so helpful to help normalize the pitching process because it's really just about creating connection. And that's what coaches do really well. So I thank you so sincerely for coming on the show today. This was awesome. Oh, you're welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. You're very welcome. So listeners, make sure. So I want you to do two things. Number one, check the show notes so that you can connect with Adela and learn more from her. And then number two, challenge yourself before the week is through to tell your story, whether that's DMing someone, whether that's pitching yourself to a show, whether that's following up with someone you had a discovery session with who didn't end up hiring you. Can you tell your story in a concrete way today in order to move closer to your business goals? So with that, Adela, thank you again for being on the show and I will see you all back here next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be insta friends head on over to instagram and look for my new handle again it's dallas travers biz mentor you can do that now and you just might find some funny reels while you're there so believe me when i tell you it'll be worth it okay thanks again for tuning in i truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and i hope you have a wonderful week